things off by um, finding out a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm an um, environmental engineer by education. I've worked uh, as a process and project engineer actually in developing new protein um, as a replacement for um, animal protein, for example. Um, but over the years, I developed uh, or I grew into consultancy. Uh, currently, I'm working for Futureproofed. Futureproofed is a consultancy firm which we focus on helping both businesses but also cities and municipalities to grasp the opportunity that sustainability has to offer, let's say. So we truly believe that sustainability brings a lot of opportunities, um, both in business but also um, personal for cities, for municipalities. And we really want to help companies to identify that opportunity and act on it so that they can really use it for their benefit, but also in the benefit for all of us. Perfect. That's um, a great cause to be working for and, and working towards. So uh, you must enjoy what you do. Yeah, definitely do so. Um, so of course, also personally, I'm very motivated to uh, to let's say move our society and our, our economy to to a more sustainable future. I really believe that um, we will all benefit from this. So. Of course, just as in a business, working on your own environment already helps a lot and acting, um, having a bit of a healthy lifestyle, uh, things like that already does one part. But of course, with what you do, so for a company with the solutions you offer and as a person through the work you do, you can actually have much more impact um, on all things. So as well on uh, all things sustainability. Excellent. I really like that. Sounds really good. So. In terms of sustainability then, and uh, with the businesses that you work with, um, why should they be considering considering your services right now? What's what, Why now and why not in, in five years time? Yeah, um, that's, that's quite easy. So sustainability, it's not really a choice. Uh, it will happen anyway, and you can either comply or you can be proactive and use it to your advantage. Um, what do we see for our clients? Why did they come to us, for example, uh, to, uh, to use our consultancy services on sustainability? We actually see that there are two types of pressures on, on businesses. Um, on the one hand side, there's inside pressure, there is responsibility. Companies, of course, are aware of the problems all over the world, amongst which climate change, and they want to act on it, they want to contribute to it. Um, furthermore, inside pressure from employees, but also future employees, if you want to attract new people, and then you have to offer more than a good paycheck these days. You have to prove that you're a bit of a, a future-aware uh, company, that's, uh, that you see your impact and that you act on it. And on the other hand, there is also large uh, outside pressure on companies. Uh, so from the external environment, uh, look at investors, for example, asking more and more um, questions to their investees on, okay, what is your impact on sustainability? What is your impact on climate? Questions from clients. Uh, what is the carbon footprint of a specific um, product I purchased from you? Um, and just compliance overall, of course, and um, regulation more and more. Um, you just have to comply to, to certain legislation on sustainability. So there's a lot of pressure for companies to act on sustainability and a lot of different angles to do so. But of course, that doesn't mean that it's a burden or that it's a cost or that it's something you have to do because that is, I feel often the perception a bit like sustainability is a burden. There is no real benefit, but we have to do it because of this outside pressure because 
their legislation and so forth. Whilst actually there are a lot of advantages for uh, companies, just as, as there are advantages on a personal level, if you move towards sustainability. Those advantages can be both on the short term. Uh, um, think about uh, reducing costs very clearly, of course, if you uh, reduce your energy bill, okay, you have less CO2 emissions, but more importantly, maybe for a business perspective on the short term, you reduce your costs. Um, also on, on shorter term, you can um, kind of look to different business opportunities, maybe uh, remodel a bit uh, specific products, uh, invest a bit more in R&D on, on um, less um, climate impacting products or more sustainable products and have a bit of a refocus. On the longer term, acting sustainable or taking sustainability into account, it can, it can help a company to, um, to reduce risks, to anticipate risks. Think about, for example, in construction sector, um, materiality scarce, uh, scarcity. More and more materials are becoming scarce. If you reshift your, your uh, business model within construction, you can anticipate that. Or think about the carbon tax, for example, which will affect a lot of different industries. And then the fourth, uh, the fourth benefit or clear benefit is that you can build a certain brand, of course. You can create some brand value if you can, if you clearly and transparently communicate about sustainability within your company. You can really set yourself apart. You can differentiate and you can, for example, attract new talent uh, or create a larger audience um, for your specific products. So you have pressures, both inside, outside, you have compliance legislations, you have a bit of a push, which might feel a bit like a burden, but more importantly, there is a big pull to really move towards sustainability because there are really clear advantages for you as a company if you move towards sustainability. Is, is there a deadline in your mind of when businesses should look to be sustainable? You know, is there legislation coming in in two years time, five years time? What's the kind of... Yeah, legislation is, of course, it's already ongoing. Yeah? It goes a bit too slow, uh, you could say. But for example, within the European Union with the Green Deal, there is, of course, a big push. Um, for example, we see America re-entering the Paris Agreement. Um, we see there are a lot of global changes. But if we look at the current legislation and policies, even the ones planned and even the ones implemented, um, we are far from reaching what we should uh, be reaching on, for example, behalf of climate change. So there, def there is definitely a need to go further and to act faster. So I would say the, the time is rather yesterday than it is tomorrow. Um, however, of course, shifting your, your company to a more sustainable or to more sustainability, a more sustainable self, let's say, of your company. It's not something you can do from, from one day to the other. You have to go a bit in steps. And it definitely takes some time. Um, I would say to really shift to complete, to really incorporate sustainability within the, the company culture and within the company structure. It's a time frame of, of a couple of years. Eh? Def you're definitely looking at, at five years or more. Of course, depends on the size of the company and the agility of the managing management team. Um, but so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a longer trajectory, but you better start today uh, than tomorrow. Do you have any specific examples of um specific specific areas of business that maybe have more defined timelines like uh, I've, I've heard maybe uh with vehicles there's a uh, 20, 25 there's going to be increased taxes on uh, specific uh oh, sorry combustible fuel engines 
Yeah, it's of course depends on um, on company legislation. Um, for example, Europe Europe sets a certain um, target on emission reduction, but then it's up to the countries to actually put that into practices in their own legislation. For example, here in Belgium, indeed, uh, in Brussels, we have a bit the same. Um, no more company cars in by 2025, which are not um, uh, with combustion engines. Uh, let's say so. There are clear. Um, clear targets uh, for specific sectors, definitely. However, it, it depends a lot on, on local legislation on what it then exactly means for you as a, as a company within your sector. Of course, also larger industry, which falls under the European trading system for emissions. Um, those are also affected much quicker on, for example, um, carbon emission rights they have to purchase uh, whilst smaller companies, it's more still on a, um, voluntary uh, level. However, still don't wait until it's it's legislation until you have to comply. Really anticipate it, anticipate those risks because they will happen and already shift now, then it will give it will only give you advantages as in you can differentiate from your um, competitors and you can anticipate those risks and, and uh, yeah, create value in the longer run, let's say. I, I guess if you're procuring or, or, or leasing vehicles right now, you know, if, if you're going to buy them, how long are you going to keep those cars for, you know, within your fleet or vans or trucks or whatever it may be? Um, maybe it is four or five years and then you move on to something else, but what's the price going to be at that point is it's kind of the things I, I would think about. So it, I guess it makes sense for it to, to happen now. But I, my question now is, is this a, a kind of a one-time solution for businesses? So is this a case of, right, let's get it sorted over the next two years and then we're kind of there? Or is this a longer-term strategy? It for sure is a longer-term strategy. Your example, uh, for example, of the cars. Huh? Um, Four-year uh, time span and very um, dependent on, on the fiscal regime uh, of your local uh, government on, on which type of cars you choose, for example, for, for, for company vehicles. But these four years you can reevaluate, and if you keep a longer goal in mind, like uh, okay, we have, for example, we have calculated our carbon footprint of, of our company. We want to achieve certain um, emission reduction, which you can base on, for example, a framework like a science-based target initiative. And then you can really try to roadmap, create a roadmap. Okay, what are the measures we see in the near future? For example, the shift in, in electric cars, the shift towards electric cars. What are also the measures in the longer future? Huh? Because, for example, the shift in electric cars, that's something within the, the company that's on corporate level. It's You can take actions. You can install solar panels on your headquarters, for example. You can shift in, in company cars. Um, you can work on HR policy because then also that is, of course, uh, sustainability. It's climate change. Yes, it's, it's planet, let's say, but it's equally people and it's equally profit. Uh, so within your company, within on corporate level, you can take some quick measures on a shorter term, um, for example, company cars, for example, installing solar panels. But on the longer term, as uh, we talked about in the beginning, you create much more impact for your solutions. But of course, switching your company solutions is not something you will do from with, within a time frame of two years. It's definitely a long-term plan. Okay, how can we, with the solutions we provide for our companies or with the products we create, how can we really move to a proper, more sustainable product and more sustainable solutions? Or how can we help our clients to become more sustainable? 
And an exercise like that, of course, is something which the exercise itself already takes time, but implementing it is something which is of a much longer time frame, um, which can definitely take more, even more than five years, of course, to truly get. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And it kind of increases the urgency, I guess, to get started now. But um, in, in terms of making the, the change, you know, you mentioned culturally throughout the business, it's important for the whole organization to, to be on board. How easy is that for the leaders? And what, what challenges are they likely to face to, to change the culture of their organization, basically? Yeah, Something which is very important, which we also always work with um, when we work with our clients is that it's not just a top-down uh, thing. You cannot just from top-level management say, okay, this is how we will do it without ensuring that it's carried throughout the whole company and ensuring that you take into account the uh, needs and the material aspects of your stakeholders, for example, your clients, for example, your investors and so on. So this is something which definitely takes time and which requires the company to really talk to a lot of people, to listen to a lot of people and hear, okay, what, what do you think um, has to be important? And you really have to identify, okay, what are for us important stakeholders? It are, it is for, of course, the workforce. So really also incorporate the workforce in your sustainability trajectory. You can do this, for example, by creating an internal working group on sustainability with people from all levels throughout the company. If you brainstorm about okay what does sustainability mean for us as a company so that you ensure that you have all layers of your company taken into account and heard everybody's voices equally talk to your stakeholders uh, as said to your clients uh, to your partners to your investors what do they think is important what do they see as material topics of course based in the framework of sustainability take those steps to ensure that the direction you are taking is carried not only by the, the management team or not only pressed downwards, but it's really carried by a strong foundation based on stakeholders, both internally and externally. Uh, and again, of course, it depends a lot on the size of the company and the already existing company structure. Is it, If it's a very strong hierarchy with older mindset, let's say within the company structure, it can take more time to to really think about, okay, we have to, to talk to people. It might be a bit new, uh, let's say, to, to some companies. Other companies, of course, who have already a very agile way of thinking, we often see that it can go really quickly because they keep good communication with the workforce. They are, already have good communication lines uh, with other stakeholders. So it depends a lot on, on the company um, itself, of course. But definitely, if you don't talk to your stakeholders and if you don't take their needs into account, your sustainability strategy will not be, um, will not have a long life, let's say, or, or the chances of truly incorporating it and having it carried uh, throughout the company are rather low. And would you say that's the main challenge for a business that's, you know, perhaps the leader wants to have a more sustainable company, um, but is that going to be their main challenge is convincing the rest of the, the organization to to, to get on board with the idea or, or are there other challenges? Yeah, uh, for sure. That's already one of the main challenges uh, indeed. And having everybody on board and um, listening to everybody and bringing it further than just acting on climate change, for example, but also clearly indicating that, for example, for the workforce, also their 
needs are taken into account. It's also about workforce development, about education and so forth. And so clearly this is already a big challenge. If you want to start with sustainability within your company, it's just convincing everybody to get on board and keeping everybody on board. So this is also cornerstone within sustainability, transparent communication on what you are doing, both to be able to incorporate sustainability within the company. You really need to communicate on, okay, this is where we are today and this is where we want to get. And how do you feel about that? What do you think is important? What do you see as material topics within it? But also externally. Huh? That's, of course, something you hear a lot um, when you talk about sustainability. It's greenwashing. Uh, companies who have a big um, part of their website communicating about something wonderful they did whilst actually their business, they are not green at all. And it's, for example, Shell boasting with its investments in renewables, but if you then compare it to their investments in uh, fossils, yeah, that's a bit of a joke. So communicating transparently is of major importance and also a big challenge to a company because of course it's a bit, yeah, it sounds a bit dull that you would also communicate about the bad. You want to communicate about the good, but you do good, but you also want to communicate about what is our negative impact. And then you can communicate communicate about, okay, we have assessed our impact. We have created, for example, on climate change, a carbon footprint. We see where our hotspots are, both for ourselves, but also through our value chain. We know we did some good. We installed solar panels and we, we have created certain emission reductions. But we also know that there, there are still challenges ahead. We see that, um, for example, through our raw materials we purchase, we have a lot of emissions still. Uh, we see that we have transport, which we cannot avoid. But these are then the steps we are going to take within the future and what we have planned in order to tackle uh, those, uh, those problems, in order to face those problems, and in order to move forward. And that transparent communication organized in that way is also definitely a challenge for uh, companies. Um, because it's also, it's a bit of a shift in mindset. Let's say you, you have companies which are front runners, of course. And as I think about, for example, Patagonia is a well-known um, example who really communicate very openly on their impact of their products and also on what they do um, to reduce it. But if you would be looking at, at your, your customers, for example, or, or companies, you know, it's often still very hard to find on their website through their communication, what is now the real impact of the company with what is the exercise they did and what are they planning on, on, um, on doing to reduce their impact. And it's that exercise that we uh, with Future Proofs guide our clients in, okay, what, what are the steps we need to take in order to truly incorporate sustainability in the business. And so that first part we were talking about in the beginning, creating that cultural mindset, we covered that through a series of workshops where we create this working group throughout all layers of the company, for example. When we move to more KPIs and target setting, of course, we keep it more on a management level. Um, but then also we work a lot on, okay, we know our impact through a carbon footprint or through a broader sustainability impact assessment. Then we create some strategy. Where do we want to get? What do we see within the future? Preferably aligned with a more larger international framework for climate change set it, for example, science-based targets initiative. And how will we now move forward? What will we do? And communicating about that in a transparent way, both internally and externally, 
those are the three topics, let's say, so impact assessment, strategy, and communication, which are the three struggles for companies on sustainability where we try to help them on um, through, through the services or through consultancy, let's say. Yeah, I can see how that can be a, a big challenge in a, and why changing that mindset could take some time for, for every individual within the organization. So obviously that's, uh, thank you for sharing how you can help them through that process. Do you think there are opportunities for other consultants to be much more niche, niche in, in the approach that they're taking to support businesses in becoming sustainable? Because you're taking a very kind of broad view of, 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 of how a business can change culturally, but are there very spe specific niche areas? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so um, one of the things about sustainability is that it's, as you said, it's very broad. Um, if you look at all aspects of sustainability, I don't know whether you are, um, you know, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, they're actually the follow-up of um, uh, the Millennium Goals. So there are 70 goals, which he has set out, uh, the United Nations has set out through communication with a lot of stakeholder businesses, governments, NGOs, and so forth. They have created 17 goals, which we want to achieve by 2030 on sustainability, 17 different topics where we have to reach certain targets on sustainability. And it's a very broad range. And for example, SDG1 is end poverty. So, okay, we want to end poverty. There are some supplying targets which should help governments and companies and others okay, as focus points. Okay, this is what we need to do in order to end poverty. Second one, end hunger. The third one is about health and well-being. The fourth one is about education. Fifth one is about um, equality and, and women's rights and so forth. 13, as a G30, for example, is fighting climate change. Uh, then 16 is about peace globally. So you hear there are a lot of different aspects and actually all of them are important if you want to move forward to a sustainable world. Let's say and it's of course a very, very large and, and high level scheme. But what I want to to point out is the fact that sustainability covers a lot of different aspects. Mm -hmm. So a company like ours, which is a, a sustainability consultant is by definition actually very generalistic because we cover a lot, of, a lot of different topics and we guide our clients to think about the thinking process, okay, what is the impact of our company on all of these topics and what can we do to reduce our impact and move forward within sustainability. Of course, it's almost impossible to be an expert in each and every one of these topics. I mean, SDG seven is energy. Okay, what can you do within your company on energy level? Mentioning some, some high level measures is of course quite easy and, and companies are often able to pinpoint these out themselves. But really reducing their energy needs on for a manufacturing company, for example, through the, through the, through the whole production line, yeah, that requires or there are companies and, and consultants who are much better placed in this, who are really expert in energy, for example. Same for transport and distribution. Um, transporters and distributors um, are much better placed, of course, to, to have a good assessment in the possibilities and taking different um, transporting means, uh, transporting by sea, for example, or by waterway instead of by road and so forth. Um, so definitely, there is a lot of room for niche players to step in and take responsibility for their part. We as sustainability consultants, we help with this cultural change, as we discussed, with mapping out 
our global impact on sustainability. And within Future Proof, we focus a bit more on climate change and our carbon footprint and the emissions we generate. But then often we work either through partnerships or the company ha already has specific partners with, with whom we can go more in depth and more in detail. Okay, what are now specific measures we can take within the company to reduce our um, impact uh, on specific topics through, for example, shift in energy, through shift in HR policy, through shift in supplier policy, uh, through different transport routes and so forth. Uh, so that definitely is, it, it's not like sustainability will only come from sustainability consultants like Futureproof. For example, if you look at um, ERA, um, which you, you focus on creating cost saving, um, of course, measures throughout the company. Yeah. But as we talked about in the beginning, on the short term, cost saving measures often also yield uh, carbon saving uh, results. And you can immediately see that there is a large overlap there. If, if we have assessed with the company that there is quite some impact on, um, on, on carbon emissions and the company has set a, a target on reducing those emissions, yeah, and we want to create, uh, we want to take specific measures. Hey, we know that ERA, for example, can they can help us reduce costs, but they will also map out, for example, what carbon emissions are correlated with that. And so there is definitely room for a lot of different other players to contribute to the sustainability story that the company, um, the sustainability trajectory companies take. But of course, then it has to be clear for this company itself and for the outside world, what is this trajectory on sustainability we want to do? What is the larger framework we see for ourselves and where we want to get? And then we can talk with all our different already existing partnerships or maybe with new consultants or maybe new uh, people we want to hire for our workforce. Okay, how will we now make this happen and concrete? What are the measures we will take? We see this also, for example, for transporting companies more and more. When you get a report of your uh, transport of the past month, you see every different route and, and the tons transported and the cost, of course, of the transport. But also you see reported what were the CO2 emissions from that transport. If you would talk to your travel agent, for example, he will be able to provide you not only with the overview of all your flights and the related costs, but also with your carbon emissions from those flights. So all individual players can really help to, to map out this impact and really look together in partnerships, okay, what can we now do to try and reduce those, uh, those emissions within our transport or the different transport opportunities? Can we may, maybe bundle certain transports? Can we, within our travels, uh, can we maybe group travels or can we do video conferencing, things like that? So for sure there is the need for a generalistic view, a high level view, but equally there is a need for a more detailed and more specific view where all, all parties and on all of these aspects will have to be uh, will have to be involved. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like you say, I guess you can't be experts in plastic tax or, or you know plastic waste and energy and and all those other different areas that you mentioned there as well. So bringing on board experts to actually deliver those specific topics and have have the same goal in mind, which obviously has to come from the the leaders at the top of the the organization makes makes a lot of sense actually and um, it, it it sounds to me like a real opportunity for a lot of people with um, expertise on how to improve processes make efficiencies um, 
and, and find actually that what they're doing is there's a, there's this additional benefit that helps the world. Um, and so that probably is the first thing they should talk to their clients about really is, okay, I can help you with your CO2 emissions, but also by doing that, we can, we can provide you with extra cash flow, uh, more efficient process, whatever it may be. So that's, yeah, it's quite yeah, interesting. Re reducing risks, um, identifying new opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So the, the threats are very clear. I mean, you can read the, the governmental panel on climate change, the IPCC report, um, I would advise you to read it because it faces you with reality, but you will not sleep well uh, the <laughs> night after because it's so um, disastrous, let's say. On the other hand, there are equally positive stories. Uh, think about um, the, the, the tremendous calculated possibility if we would go through the sustainability trajectory by 2030, we could save um, $26 trillion, I think, was calculated by the Global Commission if we, if we move to, to uh, sustainability. So there is a huge opportunity also on, on economic aspects. So there is a huge threat. Okay, we know this, we have assessed this with all of us, let's say globally, we know we're a bit at risk, but we have equally seen that there is a huge opportunity, both economically, a lot of money can be saved by creating new jobs by uh, reducing our costs for healthcare, for example, if we less um, particulate matter in the air, we will have less uh, lung diseases, for example, and things like that. Uh, so there are a lot of opportunities, uh, jobs created, um, cheaper healthcare, um, things like that. And if we do so, then we also, we can keep the Great Barrier Reef. We will keep our glaciers um, and we, we will be able to still go and ski in, in the Alps, let's say. So there are real benefits to be gained and we can avoid uh, disaster. So there really is no reason why not to move forward on a sustainability trajectory. And I truly believe that in, in years from now, when we, when we have made the shift, we will look back and think why on earth did we ever hesitate on doing this? And what kept us from doing this? And I think we will have a hard time understanding our previous selves, why we did not take this opportunity. And definitely on in the short term, we see this already. There's a lot of opportunity on, on guiding companies, big and small, on this trajectory. And as you assessed correctly, it's, it's not only high, but it's equally true. Each and every... Um, Part within the company, whether it's cost saving, whether it's energy saving, whether it's HR, whether it's on each of these levels, there are gains to be made. Um, if you just take some time, think about, okay, what does sustainability mean for us? Where do we want to get? And now let's start doing it. Yeah, I guess with, with most businesses, it's a, around the commercials, right? That's probably the reason why they think it's not. And this is going back to what you said at the beginning. It's it's not something that's worth doing right now because of the the impact it maybe has on their their business and their sales. But actually, if they were to be educated in the right way and look at it as a, a long term plan for their business, actually, it's going to be really um, beneficial in all areas. Be becoming more efficient is is just that. It's just educating people, I guess, on that. So yeah, it's actually funny for businesses how. Few businesses look at sustainability from a business perspective. Yeah. So a lot of businesses look at it as a cost, as a burn, as compliance. Whilst there are a lot of uh, of examples of companies who actually saw 
the opportunity and acted on it and saw the business opportunity because in the end it's about that we we, we, we said this before a eh? sustainable business is a business who looks forward and who wants to ensure that it still can do business within 10 years within 50 years and and even past that eh? so um yeah it's, cool. it's really about but it's about change as well eh? and that's also what makes it difficult and it's about knowledge and about change so properly educating people properly pinpointing them to the right direction and showing them what actually can be done and um, for example what costs can be saved and so forth that's a first step and then taking the change step by step um, because we know people are a bit averse to change and it's the same for companies because companies are people in the end um, exactly Steph I think um hopefully this goes some way to educating people who are listening in and watching. Um, it's been really informative for me and is, is shifting my mindset anyway as to, you know, how to uh, approach just business in general in the future. So I'd like to say thank you so much for your time and for your thoughts and for your insights. It's been um, really, really interesting. So thank you for your time, Steph. Yeah, I hope the story was a bit uh, coherent, um, but yeah, happy to, uh, happy to have contributed. Hope indeed I, I convinced some. If I we at least have con convinced some companies that sustainability actually might not even be a bad thing, then uh, and we have already achieved something. 